Hello, everybody. This is Barbara Arantrou, and you are on Books and Entertainment, Tales from the Pages, for May. This is a beautiful May day, a little cool, I think, but um, I'm here in my studio, and I have my dog, Dean. He's here, so you may hear some of him. And I'm going to introduce you to our only guest today, LaVon Robinson, and he's coming on now. Hello. Hello. How's everyone? I'm good. How are you? It's nice to talk with you and put a voice to the face. (laughs) (laughs) I I do have a voice. So thank you, and a face, so thank you. And a face, a voice and a face It's nice together. when they come together. It's nice when they come together. <laughs> exactly. And uh, we have been reading all of your poetry for months now in in uh, yes. books and entertainment, and you have been sending them in your chat to me, and I'm overwhelmed by the amount of poetry that you have. I mean, each day. I I write poetry. I write a lot, but I don't write that much. And uh, so I'm very excited to learn more about you and your poetry and your books. And uh, so let's get started. And I'm going to start with the questions. There weren't any you didn't want me to to write. There were none that you No, no, no. Okay, so we'll start with the one I always start with. Where were you born and where do you live now? Okay, um, I'm originally from Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, born and raised in Philadelphia, and, uh, Pennsylvania. And uh, 2006, 2007, um, I, uh, through, you know, the military, uh, decided to live here in Lancaster, Pennsylvania. So I've been in Lancaster, Pennsylvania, where I'm currently uh, reside now since 2007. So. Oh, okay, that's great. So you're you're right in the middle of Amish country, right? Yes, yes, right there yeah. in the middle, smack back, right in the middle. <laughs> so besides writing, what is your? Bit of city. Okay, what is your occupation? Well, um, I'm right now. I'm working part time. Well, you know, um, I'm working part time at a local hospital, doing um, environmental services, uh, housekeeping, um, and I work for a local uh, as a behavioral health tech uh, for a local uh, right there run here in Lancaster. So. Um, those are the, my jobs right now that I that I have. So uh, you know. Okay, tell me more about your um, your second job, the one that you work with. Um, the the behavioral, behavioral health tech is yeah. to uh, right there run. It's a rehab for uh, drug addiction and alcohol addiction. So uh, that job is because you know I you know. Uh, I, you know, being that I, you know, in recovery myself, and I got since 2000, 
August the fifth, two thousand eighteen. I've been in in my recovery going on, you know, this August, God's willing. Um, I'll I'll have five years, five years clean. That's so wonderful. That job, Congratulations. That's wonderful. Yes, that job, that job is, um, you know, um, you know, you I I get I I see and interact with the, you know people that you know that when I used to sit on the same side as they are and now seeing it on the other side, so I feel like my presence and whatever uh, advice I could give them or just show them by my presence of that, you know, no matter what you go through, especially in this addiction, if you want help, the help is there. And so you can beat, you know, you can beat this. So it's just, it's just a way of, you know, me giving back to, to, you know, to a program that has helped me stay clean so far, you know, through these years. Well, that's really wonderful to hear. And um, we have in in, in um, books and entertainment chat, Renee Drummond Brown. You know Renee. She just gave you oh, yeah. a congratulations. She just gave you a congratulations. So yes, um, she's a she's awesome too. She's an awesome person. <laughs> And also very prolific and has been on the show. Um, yes. I would I would like to ask you, what are, it's not part of the questions, but I didn't know that this was your, you didn't put this in your bio. What are some of the, the problems that you face when you're, you're trying to be clean and stay off of whatever you're addicted well, to? It's 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 um it, it's your mindset, you know. Um, sometimes you know you have to go through uh, some things. Sometimes you have to go through the mud in order to appreciate, uh, you know, life and you know the 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 surroundings or the beauty of life. So I I I believe that you know if your mindset is it at that point where, you know, you're, you know, you're in synchronization of your uh, spirit, your mind, and your body, then, you know, you're, you're, you know, the biggest thing is temptation, and the biggest thing could be your pride. The biggest thing could be, you know, you think that you got this, and you forget, you know, what you went through, and, you know, if you, if you don't take lessons of the past seriously and learn from them, then you're, and you heard the old adage, you're bound to repeat it. So I That's I, very I good say, advice. I, yes. I use my writing really good advice. Yes, my writing is, is something I love to do and I and I use my support my support group, you know, and and I like, you know, the difference between me and that guy four and a half years ago. Um, you know, I was that that guy Four and a half years ago, while I was in my addiction, they didn't give a damn. And, you know, his mission was only one thing. And so now when I look in the mirror, God has blessed me uh, to have some time. And people, places, and things, is, is that's true, but it's pretty much your mindset. So when I look in the mirror now, I'm, I, I like what I see, um, you know. Um, and when I lay my head down on my pillow, you know, I, 
um, I'm, I'm, my mind, I'm, I don't, you know, I'm conscious about that it was a good day um, in, in the sense where I didn't, I didn't do anything to try to harm myself or, or anything or, you know, or, or cause bad karma. So I, I take that seriously. And so those things that so far has helped me um, continue to stay on the path of, of, of sobriety. Well, that's wonderful. That's really wonderful. And everyone should have that feeling when they go to sleep <laughs> that, that they have accomplished something during the day and maybe helped somebody or helped yourself in some way because that that helps you to know that, you know, you, you're moving into the next day with with confidence and so you can get up, like, clean, you know, and that 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 feeling is really wonderful, and I'm so glad that you are, you know, with it. And I know that's a struggle, but I'm um, I'm going to ask you the next question. Okay. Yes. The next question is: um, Do you have any hobbies? Yeah, I like I like fishing. Uh, I like well, fishing is my favorite. Second favorite hobby is. Uh, as much as writing, um, and you know, I like to um, I, I like to well fishing, and, and mainly you know, uh, I'm a homebody uh, uh, introvert, so I, I I can stay pretty much to myself. So fishing is you know is much you know you can do it with friends, but it's still an activity that is you. Against you know uh, you know uh, on faith of of thinking that where you at at that particular time you're gonna you know you're gonna something something good is gonna happen and so yeah fishing allows you to adjust adjust your thinking on the fly and you know and movement so you know it, it, it's fishing is very tactical in a sense of how it how you can apply that to life so fishing i would say that there's a lot of activities but there's none that i I love doing most that anybody knows me knows that larry is going to be fishing if he could if he get a if he could get a job fishing he would be fishing for a job (laughs) you know what i mean so that's so 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 do you do you like what kind do you do? Like, do you get into the the, the um, overalls and all, and get into the water? And I know Pennsylvania is a great place to fish. Or do yeah. you actually no, get into the water, do, or you go by boat? I, I tried fly. I tried fly fishing before. That's you know, get, and you know, trout trout fishing. If you go and trout fishing, they have you can get in the water. You know, deep deep water. And um, you know, try your uh, try your hands at it. So that's freshwater fishing. But mainly, I love I love I love uh, freshwater fishing too. But you got to do a little bit more work. But I like going on a on a charter boats out in the deep sea fishing. You know, for blues, sea bass. You know, the big stuff. Oh, the there. big so, stuff. Uh, <laughs> yeah, the big the big the big queen stuff. Yeah, the big it. ones. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. You have to have strength for those, right? 
You reel them in. Well, they give them. you they give you a fight when because you when you in the ocean you're going a hundred, maybe a hundred two hundred feet down, you know. So it, you know if you got fish on your line, you have to reel that up with fish. You have to reel your line up a hundred hundred fifty feet up with fish on your line. So yeah, it's a ch- It could be a challenge, and but it's, but the action is nonstop when the fish are biting. You know you don't even think about that. You know, you just, uh, you know, is that when you put that line in the water, they hitting it, and you're happy to bring it up. You know what I mean? You're happy to be going mm. home with fish. You know what I mean? So that, that's the excitement of it. You don't know what you're going to catch, but, you know, that's the whole point of fishing. You never know what, if and when or where you're going to catch it at, but when you do, and they biting like that, it's a good thing. Yeah, well, I, that's... That's a great hobby, and it, it probably um, helps you a lot in so many ways. I once went fishing. Yes. I went fishing a couple of times with my father, um, it, but, but we lived in the city, so it was in um, Brooklyn in Prospect Park. And I remember getting okay. on a boat and and the line and a few things about fishing, but I was young. And I haven't been fishing since. I think once I went with my husband, but it wasn't really, you know, he liked to fish, but I don't I don't think we fished much together. And I personally right. do not like fish very much. So, <laughs> not a, not, not right. as a class of animal, but just the taste of them. And, you know, I don't like that fishy taste, so I... It's it's a quiet it's a quiet yeah. taste, but I, I love fish is healthy, but um, you know it's one of the healthiest foods that that we can eat, and um, so I I I love fresh fresh fish, and I get it filleted, so you know on a the boat they cut them up, you know for you, fillet them for you, you take them home, you wash them, spice them, and fry them, bake them, whatever, and and there's nothing like freshness because it's coming straight from the the where they it's not sitting in a in a supermarket. It's coming straight from the water to your place. Right. So uh, yeah, it's a whole different thing. Like yeah, it's a whole different thing. Yeah. I know. So let's yes, move on. Definitely. That's really great that you that you do fishing as as your hobby. Um Yes. Be, okay, so who or what influenced you to begin writing? Well I I always had the top talent when I was young, but what, who really, I mean, who I looked up to, I looked up to, you know, Langston Hughes, and, you know, I never met him, but I read his stuff. That was Gwendolyn Brooks, and, you know, um, of course, Maya Angelou, uh, you know. Um, there's a, 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 a whole slew of writers that I've read that influenced me, but the, but the ones that one that really influenced me is a, a poetess Sonia Sanchez, uh, and she's a, a American poet, and and you know, and she was part of the, the Renaissance, the Harlem Renaissance back then too, and you know what happened? I don't think I've ever heard of her. Talia Sanchez. No, T A L I A. Sonia. 
No, Sonia. Sonia. Oh, Sonia. Yeah, Sonia said. Okay, Sonia yeah. Sanchez. Okay, I've heard of her. Yes, Sonia Sanchez, and she's she's a prolific writer also, and a playwright, and and so she came to the school when I was attending Old Brook High School, and um, I met her personally, you know, and so that kind of uh, set me, you know, straight when when she, you know. Uh, you know, acknowledge me and say, hey, stand tall in your blackness, Larry. And, you know, so that kind of stick, that kind of stuck with me. So that kind of set me like, okay, this is something that can, that's possible. You know what I mean? That can be pursued by seeing live poets, you know, someone that's actually was in the field doing what they love to do. So that kind of kept me on the track of, uh, of, of pursuing and, you know, sticking with it as long as I have. Oh, that's wonderful. That's really wonderful. And um, it's it's great when you find something that you really, you know you love. And so, um, yeah, it's yes. from, from starting to write to publishing your first book, why did you decide to publish your first book? Well, you know, when I was writing prolifically back in the 80s, I always write prolifically, but when I was writing in the 80s, in the middle of the 80s, 80, 87, and 88, uh, when I was writing like that every day or, you know, uh, uh, 30 poems, you know, mm-hmm. a month, mm-hmm. and poem every day or more, and people are sharing it. And people would say, hey, you should get a book out. And so I, it stuck with me like, oh, okay, yeah. But I never really pursued that because other other things came through or, or my mind wasn't occupied with. I mean, I always had the gift. No matter what I was doing, I always read. But I never pursued writing books until, you know, because I know that was a process and, and I wasn't willing to go through that process. But until 2020. You know, when the pandemic came and, and things was locked out and I met, you know, uh, my publisher, Lisa Tomey, uh, Pro- Prolific Press, um, uh, you know, publications. So, and then met her uh, through sharing poetry and she took interest and, and you know, it was, the ball was rolling, rolling since then, so... Uh, I didn't, like I said, I always wanted to publish, but uh, the pandemic had something to do with it um, at that time. And she, and God put her in my life, uh, Lisa, and so we collaborated. Yeah, I noticed, and, that, yeah, you you published with and, her, right? She, she yes, had, yes. she was the co-author. Yes, yes, yeah, she yeah, co-authored. Yeah. Uh, a three co-authors, I think two two books together, um, you know. So uh, I have, like I said, I co-authored with other another uh, writer, Teresa James. So also romance books. So um, and so totals all together is eight. But I've written, like I said, I write every day, and it, and it's like freedom to me. It's like nothing. I mean, you know. Um, it, it's a gift, and um, you know I I can try to continue to get better, you know with uh, with the subject matter, 
and I'll try to be a comic, a commentary, but has a message at the end, and vice versa. Because I think poetry should inspire, and it should, you know, it should um, awaken or or make um, relevant things to people that I think people should take heed to. And oh, you know, so not only entertaining, but it should also be um, inspiring and awake people to, you know, what's going on, you know, uh, or make aware of our behaviors and bring it out and see so we can correct, you know, correct ourselves. Yeah, I, I think that's that's perfect. Um, so let's go on. Um, the next question I wanted to ask you was, please describe the process for publishing your first book. You wanted to publish a book. And how did this come about? Well, um, as I, as I said before, um, the first the first copy was through. I was working at college at Thaddeus Stevens College here in Lancaster, and they had they had pump they had um, they had printing technology here, so they print things and they did. Um, outside jobs for the kids, for the students to get experience, whoever wants to be in the printing field and all that. So I, I, I first, like I said, once I found that out and I talked to to the dean of, of, of that or, or, or to the big man of that, of that, uh, of that was a charge. And so that, the first book was actually, like a chat book through them, uh, through Sally Stevens, um, print through them in 2000. I believe that was in 2019, 2019, 2020, early 2020. So that that's how that's how you know uh, the printing and the and the books came along. It came through that little chat book because they did it, and you know. Um, and you know, just for experience, and you pay them a, you know, little. They give you a nice little price. You pay it, and you get a hundred copies for so many prices. And so they did all the editing and everything else. So it was the first experience that you know. And I would use them again, um, you know, uh, if I had to print anything else. Um, What's the name of the publisher? There, uh, it was Thaddeus Stevens College. That's okay. the first. The first book, in search of, was was originally done through Captain Thaddeus Stevens College, but then I got it revised once I met Lisa at Prolific uh, Post Press. Uh, revised uh, that book as as you see, which is on Amazon. So that's how the process came along, and. After that, it was, you know, because I was writing so much and uh, at that time, which still am, and she'd say, hey, you got enough material to write a lot of books, so get it together. And so with her, we did six, uh, four of my of my originals, and then two, we collaborated, me and her, and then another poet, we collaborated too, so... Um, and so that's how the process became, you know, what I saw, you know, was able to see 
what I've written put into a form of yeah. a book. Yeah. And that's how so, the process came yeah. along. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's great that you were able to get them out. What is a typical day of writing for you? Just describe is, this for uh, our listeners. Well, a, a, a typical day is, is, you know, think of something. Um, you know, I don't want to be, um, I don't want to be, I'm not saying different, but I want to make sure that when I write, when I get up and write or think about a subject or, it's not a subject, think about a title. And if I think about a title, that I I would just think about it, you know, let it marinate, and then, you know, I'll take it from the title, and then I work my my way down, and before I know it, it's a finished work. Now I I, I could write, you know, I could write many poems a day, or I try to write a day, one a day, but it's like I said, it's it 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 all depends on how I feel, and you know, if something is bothering me because you know, there's enough material, you know, when you look, look, turn on the news or go outside, oh, there's yes. enough material. <laughs> you know, reality TV is right there, and it doesn't get you know, any Yeah, you could write than, about anything, absolutely anything yeah, today. So, there's so yeah, much talk I, about. I, I like, yeah, I like the script writers of Hollywood because, you know, you're writing a script for a play or a show, but their life is, you know, the biggest show. You know, so I write about life, and um, and it's simple because you you walk out, you you have to walk out your door. You know, you got plenty of material. So I just try to make sure that you know, it's it's I, I write in a form where it's scripted uh, poetry, prose, scripted prose poetry. It's poetry, but it's prose and it's scripted. So I I believe that that's how I describe my poetry different from others. I I like I like to be able to, you know, if I didn't know my poetry I would like to have, you know, compared to other poems and, and be able to know my style from theirs, you know, from other writers' style because everybody got their own style. So I like to have Okay, so, so I, that's, I consider, that's correct. Yeah. Yeah, I consider scripted yeah. prose poetry my style. Great. So please um, tell our listeners about each of your books in a few words. Well, I got uh, In Search of, Cries of a Society, um, Love's Anticipation, um, let's say Love's Rhapsody, um, you got, you know, that's just um, that's just a few um, of 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 what of what and my what, books are. Tell us what the, kind of poems will we find in say Love's Rhapsody? You're gonna find love poetry. You're gonna find just you're gonna poetry. find you're gonna find love poetry. Um, um, songs of Lala. You're gonna find a mixture. Of social poetry, inspiring poetry, and and um and maybe a few love poems. Um, okay, so so who is Lala? Lala appears Lala, in the listen. title of four of your Lala, books. Lala, the poet, 
is is my is a name um that was pen is like a pen name um uh, because it's short for larry l a the first two um initials of my first name and middle You're name Lala. so i use lala <laughs> larry l a and Levan, yes, Lala, Lala the Pope. It's yes, like on Vanderpump. Do you, do you watch Vanderpump yes. Rules? Yeah. And so yes. Lala, like Lala on there. <laughs> yes. So Lala the Poet oh, is short for Larry Levan. Exactly. LeVan. And you do watch uh-huh. Vanderpump Rules. That's, that's something yes. people don't always... Tell everyone. I mean, I have people call me Lala because, you know, because uh, when I was writing, you know, back in the 80s and and, and, and prolifically, yeah, it would, I would sign a Lala the poet. So that's, so a lot of people would, well, you know. Well, because um, it was easy, but right? I used, you didn't have to write yeah, Larry LeVan. Yeah. Yeah, it's short for Larry LeVan, L-A, the first two initials. So that's simple. But you know, has a, I consider myself as an artist, but I consider myself as a poet too. So, you know, has I, I think it would be more appropriate if I use when I you know if I'm out there you know saying poetry, I wouldn't say la la the poet, reading poetry. But if I'm you know writing books, la la would appear in it, but it would be under Levan Robinson. I get it. So. I do believe that poets are artists, so you know. I think we, I think we fit into that category because so many poets are artists. They do carve with their words. So, um, what do you want? I know we've sort of skirted around it, but what do you want readers to get from your poetry? I want I want them to get I want them to get I want them to to know how great they are. I want them to know that, you know, you're manifested in greatness in an image of greatness. So, you know, we we don't take this image that you see in the mirror for granted because, you know, despite what, you know, the world, the temporary world may throw upon you, it's only temporary. Your greatness will last forever. So if you embrace your greatness, that's going to, that in a time of uncertainty and darkness, that greatness and that power within you is going to shine, and that's going to be the permanent thing when all is said and done. When you shed your your physical, your temporary, uh, temporary, uh, physical housing of your eternal light and soul, you know, th- th- your greatness, uh, how bright your your light shines is. That's how it's going. To, that's how you're going to be known. You know what I mean? So why not shine? Why not allow your your greatness to shine through your physical form? So when it, when you shed it, nobody know the difference. That's really beautiful. <laughs> Excuse me. So that's what I want people when I when I write. I write for, I write with a purpose because I want. I, I, I believe in this is my way of, you know, I'm not going to stand at the mountaintops and yell and scream and proclaim nothing, um, but I will stand at the front of the gates and, 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 you know, and share my experience and share, 
you know, my thoughts, abstract from the world, and so people can know that you can truly be yourself. You don't have you don't have to you don't have to compromise who you are and your thoughts. Like everybody's not going to get it, but you're here you're here for those that can that will get it. Well, I think I and think maybe, every poet feels maybe you yeah. Some, um, yeah. A lot of poets, I know I myself started writing poetry for that reason. Um, yeah. The outside of me does not fit with the inside. Yes. Yes. So, so um, a, a lot of times I didn't get to say what I wanted to say, and so yeah. poetry allowed me to get that out, and it yeah. still does. It still allows me to get things out that I wouldn't ordinarily be saying in in, in and, conversation. And, and, and so, yes, and writing writing is one of the you know. Now, I always find South writing to be really, you know, when I saw Roots and I saw Alex Haley, you know, being portrayed in Roots and how, you know, how he became a writer. And I was like, dang, being a writer is all that. So, you know, and, and, and how, you know, you're able to, you know, express yourself and, and able to, you know, articulate words to that you know that may be simple to you but it can be meaningful to someone else that's the power what, yeah that's the power you say, yeah to me yeah. Yeah. there's nothing more better than that feeling of somebody you know relating to what you're saying I'm, I'm a total exactly. stranger you know what i mean yeah 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 and would you say that your writing has helped you in your sobriety mm, of course because I can write about it. Um, I can write about it. I'm, I'm clearer, you know. I'm clearer now uh, in my in my thoughts and my thought process. So yeah, the writing, yeah. Well, you know, when you're doing what you love to do and you're destined to do, yeah, it just it just it just elevates you to another level of self within yourself. So I can't get no higher than self. We can't get no higher than self. We could mm-hmm. we could be self conscious. We could be you know in self in the self uh, unconsciousness of our manifestation of self. But we can't get no higher than than the level of self. So why not become the best self you could be? Actually, I agree with you. <laughs> so would you say have you gone back to your writing before you were sober? And comparing it to the writing afterward, would you say there's a difference? Uh, yeah. It, I, when I, you know, the book, like the stuff that I had sent a lot of stuff in 88, 80, 88 and 89 to Library of Congress. Now, looking back at in the early 80s, you know, the crack epidemic was out, the, you know, the neighborhoods was being destroyed by. And, and I was, you know, uh, just starting my my little journey into the dark side of addiction and that plight. So yeah, a lot of that stuff was the stuff that I've written back then was really predicated on what I was listening to the music and, and what was going on in the world in the '80s. So when looking back now, nothing much has changed. It's just I'm just more in depth 
now more of a commentary, which you know I I, I like to you know um, lay lay the whole foundation out, but be, behind every dark cloud is a silver lining, and you know one of my books with Lisa is, uh, is called Silver Lining. So technically, you know whatever you go through, there's always some good to be dealt with, and so I look back at. What I used to write thirty something years to now, nothing much changed. The, the 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 subject hasn't changed, but I'm just more in depth and more, much more see that there is bright spots within, you know, uh, mm-hmm. within you know, the negative negative and uncertainties of time. There is always the sun is always going to shine behind the clouds. You may not see the clouds, but the sun is yeah. there. Yeah, I agree. And going back to the eighties, thirty years ago, it's you know yes. scary as hell. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yes, thirty something years ago. Yes, and so right now, a lot of things is pretty much the same. But you know, you when you look at hindsight, you just you get more wiser and from experience of of life because you know life is about experience, what you experience and the lessons mm-hmm. that you learn from those mm-hmm. experiences. That makes memories, and you look back. Hindsight allows you to, um, well, I think, you know, through the yeah, concept. I think, yeah, the the eighties for me were a, a blur because um, I was a mother, and all through from well, you the remember 70s that you remember you were to the eighties. Yes. Oh yeah, I remember that part. But okay. but everything else that was around me was really like. Yeah, it happened, but I, you know, I couldn't really tell you much about what was happening because my whole being was centered on taking care of my children, and um, yes, yeah. you know, that yeah, was what thing. I planned so to do, and that's what I did do. So, uh, are you working on anything new to be published? I'm look. I got well, like like I'm always ready to be published, but like has she has. Lisa said, Larry, you got eight books out. And that's right now, uh, you know, I, I I always got new stuff. As you see, I write every day. And so I got right now, um, I have a year and a half right now of new stuff to be published. But I'm not in a rush to publish it because I know it's there. I'm right now, I'm working on uh, outlining my plays and short stories. Now, poetry will always be my first love, you know, and I'm not going to stray too much to that, but I am expanding on writing plays, short stories, you know, essays, you know, oh, more, yeah. the, you I, know yeah. more I wrote, technical writing. Yeah. Yeah. I, wrote, um, so. I wrote a play. Um, okay. It, it, was, it was a one, it was one act play, and um, okay. I submitted it to a festival and it, it got two festivals and it got awards and um I wanted to go back and write again but plays for me are so like different they're so uh, you know there's so such a different way of writing it's not yeah. like you yeah. know yeah, it's it, not like it well, flows you have to have your characters you not you you have to yeah. keep you know, putting everything in format, and so that you know that situation, well, um, yeah, keeps me from I, actually I, going I, back and writing. I, 
how I learned is that I keep a I keep a mini cassette with me, and when I'm out in the streets, you know, for real, a mini cassette, and when I'm out in the streets because you know I don't want the place to be complicated. My place, I want it to be, you know, everyday simplified place because life is a play itself. You know what I mean? Exactly. We, right. We, it should up, be. It we, should we, be we, real life. Yeah. Yeah. We the real life play that we play in life is something that I'm gonna capture has you know, has has real has so when I put it on paper I want it to feel real, not just made up. So I got I got my tape recorder, my notepad and pen. So that's how I'm taking notes now. So when I put it together, I hope that it's realistic, you know what I mean? Creatively realistic. That's so that's what I'm working on now. But I'm not in a rush to get it out there because it's a process and I'm enjoying the process of just expanding my writing, uh, you know, all fronts. So that's a blessing. That's great. So, so will you be having any in-person or online book events? Well, uh, this one, as far as as I know. (laughs) Uh, And so if anybody wants to do some more shows and do some more, uh, you know, online. Well, you can. You know. I hope some of the the books and entertainment people. There's Delaney Oaks. You should you should contact her. Delaney has a wonderful I'm couple sure, of I'm shows sure that you this. might like to be on. Yeah, and I'm always down. So that's a, I'm always, like I said. I have eight books out that I believe that's you know that's that's prolific, um, and that that and. And they my early work, so anything published after these, you you will see a difference of growth. I believe as an artist, you have to grow, you know, until mm-hmm. you feel like you know. An example is when you see, you know, art. You when you see actors coming in as young actors, and they stick with the field, and you see the roles that they have, you know, mature. The roles show their maturity in their in their field, and in and their chosen. Craft, so I believe as writers, as long as you keep writing, you know, we all have our own style. You're going to come up with your own style, and that's what makes writing and, and, and artistry um, so prolific because it's not the same thing. You know what I mean? It's, it's exactly. Everyone brings a little yep. twist yep. to the So you're, to the you're not really having, except for being on the radio, you haven't actually done any actual No, I haven't I haven't events. did nothing physical physical readings yet, but hopefully, you know, this summer maybe more, you know, poetry open mics. You know you what? Know, you might try going stuff. like on SoundCloud. You know SoundCloud, it's 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 um free. You go on SoundCloud yeah. and you can record on SoundCloud. But you know I did, about I that? Did, I did I did do something um, back in 2013 with, with one of my army friends and put some poetry through some music. Um, so I did do that. So I did oh, that's about nice. That. But like I said, there's so many possibilities, you know, so many possibilities for, for you got the social media, which is giving you um, people all over the world so you have a wider, uh, wider mm-hmm. uh, audience. Uh, TikTok, so there's a lot of things to get you out there. But right now, you know, I, you know, I, I just want to focus on becoming the best 
writer I can be. So when I put pen and paper, people will feel what I'm getting at. You know what I mean? I want to convey ideals and stories through poetry yes. that people you, would touch people. Yeah. Do you go to readings in your in your area? Do they have poetry readings in your area? They have poetry readings here, like you said, um, and filled up your area. They have poetry readings all around. But I had, like I said, um, I would during the summer. Um, I, you know, I would. I, hey, I'm like this. I, I don't need. I don't need. I, I'm a poet. I can go out there in the streets and just read poetry. That's the poetry mm-hmm. we. We don't mm-hmm. we don't need we don't need a stage. We can make our own stage. Well, yeah, I, I I I agree, but I think sometimes reading your poems to other people helps you to understand if you're getting across what you want to say. Um, oh I yeah, I just went to I, one. Yeah, I, I I'm like this. I get in the mood to read poetry. I just get up to regular random people and read a poem. I, hey, I got a poem. <laughs> they get stuck. They get stuck like deer in headlights. I got them. So that's how I do it. I, like I said, I have my books out of the car, you know, and sell my poetry books out of the car. I'm an artist. I, I, you know, when I get in that mood, Barbara, I do stop people, and I do. You know, and say, hey, hey, hold it, hold it. I got something to say. And people, in their curiosity, he, he's making a fool of himself. Let's see what he's going to say. I surprise him. I give him a poem. And they'd be surprised. And, and, and be do you have a book in the, ah! and then do you sell books that way? Yep. I, I tell them I have books. I have a book for sale. I'm a struggling poet and writer. And they'd be like, yeah. And so I give them a little taste of what they're going to get and say, hey, my books is here, and I try to make it affordable where, hey, you give what you can, but I don't, like I said, you know, a set of books that take 5 to $7, um, $10 a book. And, you know, it's not, I'm not out there pushing it like that, but, you know, when I do, yeah, I, yeah, a couple, I get a couple people, you know, say, oh, yeah, this is a nice book, you know what I mean? So, um uh, you know, to market is easy to get the the material out there, but to market it, that's where you gotta have. That's where for poets and writers, you know, to me, artists they got the music company, they got this and that. But I'm talking about for poets, you know, unless you unless you get signed by a big company and they got and they do all that for you, you know, we have to, you know, we have to be like salesmen, knock on doors, like exactly. the vacuum cleaners. Exactly. Poets have there. to sell themselves with their work. Yes, you have to sell out. So okay, so um you're not doing anything this summer then. You don't have anything planned. I'm I'm, I'm not I don't have nothing headline, but don't say so I would never look say at never Larry. because he's riding around with his books in his car. <laughs> he's gonna stop. I ride, and I ride around with the books in the back of the car and if you see me I may, you may, you may meet a lot, a real life poet and get a real life reader right there and there. Something surprising. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> well, that's, that's wonderful. So online, how can listeners find you? Can you, do you have a website? I, I, well, um, LeVan Robinson is my Facebook, is my Facebook, uh, uh, pro, um, um, 
you know, Facebook page um, and um, and, um, Instagram has Lala the Poet on Instagram. Oh, okay. I'll follow you. (laughs) I'm on there. And Twitter. Twitter. Wait. uh, Let me see. Twitter um, at Larry L. Richards 2 on Twitter. And 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 then and, and, and I'm born. Um, Line Kill has has Larry Richardson in Line in Lincoln. You know Lincoln. what I mean? So okay. Larry, so you're on Lincoln. Larry okay. Robinson. Yeah, Lincoln Richardson. So you can. Those are the things that you can find me on. But like I said, I'm I may be coming to a town. You know, or a park near you. So who knows? <laughs> so please, yeah, please make I sure mean, you put your links po- in the I comments. Mean, poetry in the park yeah. series. Poetry yeah. in the park series, because that's what we need. I say, you know, uh, we artists, we, you know, we, we, you know, God give us these gifts that pretty much can write their self into any place, but we have to be there and present the gifts out so it's not no use to having it and not being able to share it that's why i try to share it on social media with as many groups that, and people as i can because it always comes back i met you you know just you know not by coincidence but by you know reading poetry and then you said you had a show and then you know here we are now so you know we you know i i'm take i like the process I don't want the process to go too quick because I want to enjoy it, you know, and I don't want to be like, damn, that went too quick. So I'm enjoying all these blessings to get when I have a chance to, you know, be able to express myself and express my poetry. So I know it's not going to come quick, but I know when they do come, it's a blessing. No, it's it's absolutely true. And um, just put your links in the... In uh, in the comments under the post on my page, and um, finally, yes. this is my last question. I always ask my guests, and okay. you're a poet, so I'm sure you're going to give me the answer that I think you're going to give me. Are you a plotter yeah. or a pantser? In other words, do you outline your work or do you just write? I don't outline. I write. I, I you write. I I just. I just write. I, I'm, I write uh, the the all the technical stuff and all that other stuff. Nah, let somebody else worry about that. I I just like to put the put the material out, you know, because they, that's how you know it comes out. I mean, I when you're a poet and a writer, you bleed and write poetry and you write. So you know. Uh, you know, the thing for us is just to be able to get it out, you know what I mean, um, because it can't stay in us forever. And if it does, it's not going to be no good use to no one. So I like to write. So I'm a writer. No, I agree. I like to write. I agree. I just like, um, to, it's, I just like to spill it out all over the floor, like a, like a panada. Just bust it and let it spill out on the floor. Yes. I'm – okay, so – so we're almost done. We're done with this portion of the show, the the interview part. And so okay. the second part is just talking. And so 
just like you and me, we were talking. So, um, okay. <laughs> I, I would like to say a few things. First, um, what a pleasure to have met you, Levon or Larry, and um, we've met through poetry, and I, I thought your yeah. poetry was exquisite. It was sometimes breathtaking, and I thought, this person is writing this poetry, and I, does he have books? What is, what is going on? So uh, the other thing is that... Um, a couple of things have happened in my life that I'm kind of proud of. Um, one of them was um, that just last week I was made Poet of the Week for um, Poets at Heart. That's a, okay. a group on yeah on on the um, on Facebook and <coughs> excuse me. That's good. Yeah, and um, also a poem of mine was translated into Assamese. It's um, Assamese is a language that it has been um, Indian. It's Indian, and it's an organic Indian language, like Hindi and Bengali. Okay. So it's. It's an Indian language and um, translated into Assamese by June Bora, B-O-R-A. And he came to me and he said, I would like to translate your poem, Women, into Assamese. And I said, whoa, that's, you know, no one's ever asked me to do that. <laughs> and so hmm. I waited like a month. I think it was a month. And he just posted it today. It's on my page. I haven't been able to share it yet. But even without sharing it, I've been like almost staying up late to um, answer the comments. There are just ridiculous amount of comments on here. And a lot of them are in Assamese. So (laughs) it's like you have to translate them and then write your answer and, and... some of them are like when you see some of the comments, you think, "Oh wow, so it really got to somebody, you know." And I'm, I would like to read that poem because um, okay. now it's in Asmis. I can't read the translation, but this is the poem, and it's called "Women," and it's a poem by me, Barbara Aaron True, and the Asmis translation is by June Bora on my page, but I'm going to read it in English. And I wrote it to celebrate women um, during um, Women's Independence, you know, the the Women's International Day. So this is time to celebrate women who are the core of the world's existence. We birth and nurture and tend to our young and do it mostly with smiles and love. Love. Many times our job is invisible, yet our presence is seen in the result. Without women, there would be no men, and without men, there would be no women. We are connected in a way still untapped. The world needs both men and women to function and run in the way it needs to for all people's needs to be met. 
It's a recipe not to be changed, for without the essence of a woman, the men in this world would not be who they are. Women are the driving force for peace. Left to themselves, men would keep fighting for that little bit of space. Women know how to deal with adversity, and they are so strong they will bend and not break when most men will topple from the weight. Women are powerful. We bring our power to everything we do. Our quiet force takes over when men dissolve into bickering. A woman can get things done. She doesn't care how long or how hard it is. Women have patience. That is why we can withstand some of the worst ever dealt to us and still rise up to become something special. And many are now leaders who have the strength to face the wrath of men who do not respect them. Women are loving and kind. Our kindness allows us to struggle with a difficult person and still get to the other side of an argument without blows, finding a way to help the other person see our side without creating a war. Women are the ones who are there when needed. We bring food and attention to those who might be sick or injured. Many times we need to feed our own family afterward, yet we do it with care and affection to help from our hearts. Their only payment is the smile we receive. Let's celebrate women on this special day, for women are truly the engines of the world. Impulse. Okay. And then it was translated into Asmis, yeah, and people who could not have read it, um, read it and and told me their feelings. And so I was extremely happy about that and very excited that it's happened. So that's my big deal this this week. (laughs) Also, I am, yeah, also... I am republishing because my publisher went out of business, and I've told this to many people on my show, that I was looking for a publisher and decided to go with KZP, and that's Amazon. And so they got everything right. They have the formatting inside right. Everything's right. And I'm I'm, I'm republishing my first book, If I Could Be Like Jennifer Taylor, which is a young adult novel that I thought would be standalone and which turned out to be the first novel of my my series, the Mill Valley High series. So I'm republishing that, and um, it's almost done except for the cover, and the cover is driving me crazy. But I'm hoping that the cover will be done, and hopefully it'll come out in June. I thought it would come out in May, but... I think June is is late for it, but um, and that's you know I've been in several of Renee Drummond Brown's anthologies, and I'm in her new magazine, Writing on the Wall. And I've been on edition one, and now I'm in volume two. So that's my little you know news for this this month, and. Um, I think I think going to open mics and going to read your poems out loud help you to see, you know, what's good about your poetry and what isn't. I mean, just re- re- recently reading this now, I realize there's a little tongue-twisting part there that I probably should work on, but, you know, <laughs> it's done, so... 
so that's it. But um, I, I, I just feel that writing, writers, and all of that writing can can open up your life. And um, I mean, certainly for me, when I became um, regional director of motivational strips, my whole life changed. My whole life changed. And I, I met so many people and got so much respect for my writing. And to have that happen just for your writing is the most wonderful thing in the entire world. Just to have people say, I love your writing. You know, it's like, whoa, you know, they like my writing. They don't just like me, you know. They're not looking at me, the person. They're looking at my writing, which is really me. You know, as you know, the, the writing is you. So I would like you to share your poems, as many poems as you'd like, Levon, starting mm. with whichever one you want, because you, you have, you know, gray star pages with so many of your work. Okay. Um, I would have to say he, um, I want um, let me see the first one um, Magnificent Love is an entity that can interest many types of emotions entrance many types of emotions that runneth within us like a stream into a vast ocean. It can adopt, adapt to any situation we may face. Healing power is so extraordinary that pain and misery of them both won't even be a trace. We are the beauty of its end results brought into validation so its essence can be seen and felt so be willing and able to heed and humble yourself to his wonderful call from the Heavenly Father above, who loves us so very much to unconditionally share his grace and magnificence among us all. That's magnificent. Wow. Wow. Yes, and magnificent. Melody, the next one. In the darkest moments, the brightest light shines, bringing clarity and insightfulness to the spiritual conscience and mind. Strength of boldening from the creative, but then giving validity to the essential elements that allow freedom to take form and begin the naturalization of life to harmonize the binding of the heart, mind, and soul, revealing musical melodies and lyrics yearning to be discovered and told. Beautiful. More, 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 more. Read more. <clears throat> okay. Um, you know, um, Miracle, you're the one, Lord, that has made me who I am today 
And in all I say and do, I will give you praise. All will see by my works of faith that in you I do well, and that your love, mercy, and grace has saved my soul from the depths of hell. I will draw men unto you so from God himself they can experience the miracle too. Miracle. Beautiful. Beautiful. <laughs> it is, you know, uh, moments. <laughs> you know, we only, we only a moment, but, I, you know, it's how you want to be left a good moment or a bad moment. That's the, you can write that no, down. Yeah, no, no. Beautiful, just beautiful. And more? Moment. This one is moment. We all will have a moment where we must either decide to embrace it or not take it. This is our time to shine, illuminating that which is in you to validation each and every time. Your inner drive to be and do the very best will be put to criticism and life's ongoing and never-ending tests. Remember, you are a part of something that is great, and don't let your own understanding and counsel decide your fate. Rely on God and life's storms at that defining moment. He'll see you safely through, standing always proud. And beside you. Oh, you poems always have so much message in them. To that's, 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 know, embrace yourself I, and and, and God. The message, because like I said, we're we're in the image of somebody great, of something great. I never met him personally, you know, uh, but I know, you know, in the physical form, I never met him, but in the conscious form. Yes, we have met the, our creator. Um, so once we, you know, get out this physical form, we're going we to eventually go back to where we came from. Um, so the, that, to that image, we're going to go back to that image, and we're going to think we're looking at ourselves, but we're going to be looking at the God that created us. Yeah. It is. So, it is. It, Okay, so um, um, I got um, another one called, you know, I'm I'm not I don't try to, you know, um, storms. After going through the storm, I realized life as I knew it had drastically changed. All of my materialistic possessions were either gone, destroyed. Oh, totally rearranged. I got on my knees, grateful to God that I had survived and given another chance and was given another chance to take mm-hmm. inventory of my life. Now, the little things I learned to appreciate, like spreading love and goodwill among men, because time is precious and for no one will wait. So make good use of all you possess or have, spreading joy and happiness to days that are sad. Be grateful. Praise God that even though storms may come causing temporary confusion, you have the power to rewrite a much brighter and better conclusion. Oh, this one has a little rhyme in it. 
Hey. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. So um yeah. that 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 those poems was from those poems was taken out of crimes of a society. Um, you know, um it's analytical, you know, seeing seeing out what's happening in the world but then, you know, finding the the um the 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 silver lining and the goodness and things, um, you know, um, not every not every bad thing does tend to be bad. It has a mm-hmm. message in it. Um, so we, you know, it's all it's all our reflection and our interpretation what is good and bad. You know, I believe anything that goes against your your you know yourself and the hindrance of yourself to be self is bad for you. It may what what's bad for me may not be bad for the next person because it all depends. You know, what I mean, we all we all we all come from the same tree, but our, our you know our trajectory and where we end up, you know, you know when when fruit falls from the tree, some stay close to the tree, and some roll off right. to the road. Right. You know what I mean? Right. So I thought so, I thought maybe I'd read you something from my book. My book is called Yes, that'll work. You'll probably forget me living with and without hell. And it's dedicated to my husband, my late husband. And this is a poem that I wrote in the it's in the second part um the years with children is called Red. Some days start out tangled, nothing minds, as if the whole world is revolting from within, and these days move in a slow and measured pace to their conclusion when the mess inside pours like blood onto the space in front of you over the person who started it all, knocks over the innocent standing in its path. A human explosion issues forth, volcanic fury erupting unexpected. Molten lava rolling down the contours of my face, only to cool in your icy glare. And that was red. That's good. <laughs> yeah. And this is. I think. I think. I think. As long as long, you know, you know, you got you got ears, eyes, and and mouth, and all that, just so you can be able to express yourself artistically um so i believe that you know you 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 know empower yourself when you do bring bring the you know your 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 expressionism from yourself and spread it into the world like water has to be spread on plants to grow mm-hmm. so you know i think artistry has to be planted spread on on the the manifestation of self so self could grow into, you know, what it's supposed to be, you know, the greatness. Right. So, so mean, this is so. another poem from that book. It's called All the Goodbyes. Once I thought memories remained in the walls, so when we left our inner selves, stayed in the places where we had lived. Old scratch photos of younger selves, thinner and full of energy, and the days of sunshine when we frolicked in a tree-shaded glen 
where the clear water skipped over stones and we walked barefoot in a cool stream as we hurried to find a place where all of us could lay down our blankets and bask in the sunshine. And I remember early mornings when we bicycled to the park nearby, our tennis rackets tied to our bikes and we volleyed back and forth when you and I weren't hunting for poorly hit balls. Your hair and beard still dark and curly, and mine pulled tight against my head to keep it smooth. That crazy apartment in Buffalo we painted in primary colors, and the parties we had with everyone squeezing into the walk-up two-bedroom apartment while Lady Balzac sat eagerly, her enormous form blocking the food as we shielded it from her sweet pink tongue. And she eventually took her hefty Newfoundland self off to a cool space while I served my latest creation to so many guests, I lost count. But we didn't care, for we were high on wine and pot and young, so young, I never believed we would ever leave. And these precious moments would be sewn into the walls as we aged somewhere else far away from these golden moments. Mm. Yes, that's nice. Okay. And now I have one more, and then you can read another one. Um, this is love. Give me that feeling when all you want to do is smile, wide, white as a moon, and dance around the room like a loon where emotions burst forth, spewing like errant fireworks, helter-skelter, all happiness and all glitter. And I want to wrap my arms around all human beings to show them how happy I am. So intense is this feeling, it brings tears when I think of my loved one, joy and passion mixed together when I dwell on his arms around me, mine, and never letting go. And that was love. And I'm going to read this one, too, because this is called Anti-Love. And these were done to prompts from, um, I don't know if you know Robert Brewster, but he's a Writer's Digest editor, and he has a blog called Poetic Asides. And every April... He gives prompts each day, and you can write your poems in the comments. It's, it's wonderful oh, okay. because everybody writes a different poem in, in different yes. styles and to the same prompt. So this is called Anti-Love. So the, the prompt was write a poem about love and then write a poem about anti-love. Is this the same person who years before swore his allegiance to me, whose arms opened wide, providing a safe haven for my weary head, and I rested there content in that space, carving a niche for myself where I could return when needed? Is this the same person who tenderly held me and kissed me with passion, fueled by his fire to consume me, and I trembled with the same fire slipping effortlessly as our bodies fit together? A roar only we could hear, and wanting you all the time was the only way we felt. That person has withered and been replaced by a half-man who has forgotten the joy and the passion, who no longer feels the ache we once had for each other, and now has locked his heart in a freezer. End poem. Hey. 
And I'll leave you. That's, 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 that, I mean, you get to that point where you're lucky hiring a preacher, then, you know, you can't, you're not love, you can't experience love, I mean, literally. Yeah, I was really angry at that time when I wrote this poem, but... <laughs> you know, I, I mean, like I said, you to be able to express yourself, because, you know, you know, we're, I mean, many are called and many can write. Yes, many can write. You need to write. This is a world where you need to write. Despite despite uh, computers and, and technology, you, you know, every now and then you're going to need a pen and paper. Uh, or, True. Or even right. on a computer, or, or a phone. you know how to write. <laughs> so, but there's difference between writing and writing. There's difference between writing and writing. You know, we all write, but there's there's a difference between a writer or someone that writes. You know, yeah, because I a be writer, a writer. Yeah, yeah, someone yeah. who writes. I this poem was, yes. both of those poems were, were worked over. So um, I took several classes in poetry to learn how to get what I was thinking out on my, you know, paper or or screen because I would think a, I would think it and it wouldn't come out. You know, I just it, it, I'd write something and it wouldn't come out. And I think the difference between a writer and someone who's writing is that that person just leaves it alone. I'm writing. You know, this is it. This is. But a writer knows that to actually have something in a in a a form where it needs to be you have to go back over it and look at it and rework it and see what you meant to say and did you say it and could you say it in another way and that's what writing is i mean you're a writer when you do that i mean i just took yes. I went I went through my first, you know, I told you I'm republishing my first book, but I also just finished the third book of that series. And it was critiqued and whatever, and I didn't really bother changing too much while it was being re- critiqued and being written, and I just wanted to get it all out. But I went back yesterday... And I looked at that first chapter and I said, whoa. I said, something needs to be done because this isn't working. And I took it in. I actually, like, cut it up. I cut and pasted so that part of that chapter that was underneath everything was moved to the top because it was being hidden by the stuff I'd written and then I realized, oh, no, this is way more important than anything else. And I put that as the very first part because I wasn't saying what I wanted to say. So a writer can do that. A writer can snip their work up and cut it and paste it and and rewrite it and cut it out and, every, and, every, and everything, flash and burn. Everything, everything that, that's happening that's happened, life, life is predicated on script. Um, so God is, God is a script writer, and everything that, you know, we are 
we are the players in the, the, the elaborate play or movie called Life. So everything is scripted. And so, you know, a lot of things as a writer, you know, to be on that, uh, that con- on that unconscious level of writing is to almost be in touch with nature, the naturalization of life. And when you get on that level, you know, it's, it's like you, you, the physical part of life is, you know, the conscious part, the things that you know, mm-hmm. you know, you, you strive to know the things of the unconscious because the unconscious is where, you know, everything is revealed of self and of your greatness and the origin of God himself. Um, so those things is what I try to put on a level when I write where I want people, you know, to go with me to a journey, you know, because I've never been to the journey, but I'm willing to go there. As a writer, I'm willing to go beyond the boundaries, some boundaries um, that of the unconscious and leave boundaries behind because the unconscious, there is no boundaries that, you know, for the unconsciousness and the spirit. So I try to, to write in a spirit where to be free, to go beyond boundaries, and, and try to put that down on paper. Like you said, as you said, writers, you know, when you write it, you can go back and, and you know, looking at it in hindsight or, or and with a vision of what you want to say, but you have to make it to the point where, you know, you're trying to get as many people on board as possible, you know what I mean? So, you know, mm-hmm. you're actually not writing for yourself. You're writing for masses of people. Exactly. Really and yeah. someone it's who writes for masses of people is on the line yes. right now. Hello? Yes. Hi. Do you know who this is, Um, I, I It sounds familiar, but I'm really... Tell us who you are, caller. (laughs) I am Pittsburgh author Renee Drummond-Brown, and I'm so happy to be on Barbara's show. (laughs) She's a phenomenal host, I might add. Yeah, I know who she is. That's that's Renee (laughs) Drummond-Brown. Yeah, that's it. (laughs) I'm so happy to have you. I'm happy to be here, So wonderful every time I'm in your presence, so... (laughs) Have you been listening to the Pittsburgh show? Pittsburgh in the house. Oh, I, ju- I just got in. I just got in the cube, so I'm, I'm just curious and wondering what we're, we're talking about at this point. I, I can't wait to oh, hear. Oh, we're talking yeah. about writers, the difference between mm-hmm. a writer and someone who writes. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Yes. And we were saying, and we were saying that, it, it you know, that there there is a writer somebody who actually pays attention to the words that they put on paper and don't just throw them on there and mm-hmm. then there's someone who writes who just puts his puts words on and that's it mhm mhm yeah. big difference so and, I, I also believe that i also believe that you know we we been so you know institutionalized and I thought and I'm thinking that as artists, we we break those as a true artist. There's no boundaries and no structural uh, foundations that we know of. 
or else artistry would be caged like a bird and you wouldn't be able to enjoy the freedom of of the ways of 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 taking it to the next level. So I believe that, you know, you know, you play with the foundations of writing which many have left uh blueprints and you take the best of it and and make it work for you and develop your own style. Mhm. Mm-hmm. What do you think, Renee? I totally, totally agree um, because we, we, we all have something to say and we are um, so different, but yet that's what connects us um, across the globe um, is our writer, yes. our writings, I'm sorry, from author to yes. author. Um, and, and, and I just love the words that, you know, people put on paper. They, they are their words. They may not be your choice, but it, it is a common um, factor that links us together um, globally. And um, so you, yes. and you also, we pick up so many writing styles online from different authors. You know, we know well-known people, but it's wonderful um, people who are, may not be known, but their writings are just as good as uh, your Sylvia Plath or Anne Sexton or, you know, Maya Angelou. Yes. Uh, yes. 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 Yeah, I, I, um, I find in motivational strips that I come across – some some writers who are just I've never seen their work before and I just fall in love with the writing. Mm-hmm. You know? It's mm-hmm. just it's just something about their writing just makes me wanna know more and more and more, see more and more about their writing and and um it's it's kind of um yes, every writer has their own style. But did did you hear what I said about um, my poem being translated into Assamese? No, and I'm not surprised because you, you are an, another one of those powerful writers. You know, you start reading your work and you literally yep. hang on to every word um, with Barbara. Um, I have one That's of her true. books and absolutely fell in love with it. So, so no, I'm not surprised. Congratulations. Well-deserved, well-earned. Thank you, yes. and and I I noticed as I was looking at the comments, and they were all in Assamese, so I had to translate every comment to reply to it. <laughs> so I noticed That's that they said beautiful, and 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 beautiful, and they they had they were so happy to read my work, and I thought to myself. Just having translated this piece of writing, like many, many more people can now read it, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. and That's it was kind of exciting to me that my words were being, you know, seen by people who wouldn't have been able to see it until um, June Bora translated it for me. He came to me and he said. I'd like to translate your poem into Assamese. <laughs> I said, go ahead, you know. Mm-hmm. And that was like a month ago, and he did a really, according to what people said in the comments, mm-hmm. he did a really good job. Because I don't Out of read curiosity, Assamese. Barbara, what country speaks that uh, language? India. Yes. India. Okay, India. India. It's okay. from the province of Assam. Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's organic. That's good. It's actually like wow. like Hindi and Bengali. Mm-hmm. 
So it's it's um, Assamese. It's a very mm-hmm. old language. I was just like, whoa! I didn't know that. I didn't even know there wow. was a language. Wow. And then to add to the second part of what I was going to say, LeVan Robertson is another one of those um, authors. Oh, his work. I, I, I just kind of came across some of um, his writings, and um, he actually um, wrote in my last book, The Writing on the Wall, Global Magazine, Issue 2, and uh, for another Yay. phenomenal writer. Yeah, uh, we, oh, didn't yeah, have we're to both do... in there. Yay. Oh, yes. Yay. Oh, yes. 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 yes, we are. Yay. And uh, LeVan, you know, you sometimes you have authors that send the writings in, but there's a lot of corrections, a lot of back and forth, and he was just one of those authors you you don't have to do that with. Um, his words are crisp, um, they're profound, they're very clear, um, and you, you you know right where he's going in his poetic writings. So another Oh, kudos yeah, to his him. writing is just so clear and so Thank beautiful. Thank and it's so. Yeah, it's just so uh, beautiful. I, I, you know, it's, it, it's, it's a it's a gift. Um, it's a gift, and you know, but everything is pre 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 uh, pre that um, predicated on the fact of writing. You know, the mm-hmm. world we live in, the the word, you know, God's words, the embodiment of love. You know, mm-hmm. everything is written in one form or another through writing. To the to the the artistry of of, of words, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Writing, mm-hmm. putting words together. Yeah, I think and, I think and, that and um, writers, yeah, writers see the world in a different way. I know writers see the world in a different way, especially mm-hmm. poets. Of course. Of I mean, course. poets poets look at nature and they see things that other people do not, like artists. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. and yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, like people will walk by a, a field of, for example, um, daffodils. Okay, and they're gorgeous. They're beautiful. They're you know yellow and they wave in the wind and whatever. And mm. and then just forget about them. But for a poet, mm-hmm. the experience of seeing daffodils. Is so mind blowing. <laughs> when I see when I see daffodils, I see I see the strength I see the strength of a daffodil um, mm-hmm. that's made made for adversity, made with deal with those uh, those uncertainties of the wind, the rain, torrential rains. But also, I see the the softness of the core of it, the softness, the see? core. But the outer part is made for toughness, and so uh, it's pretty much like the opposite of a rose. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. See, mm-hmm. see. But, now, but do you see how you dissected that flower? You see what I'm saying? Someone else would just see a flower. Someone else may see just a yellow flower, a white flower, and not see further. And that's what um, author yeah. uh, uh, Intra is trying to say and express that we delve deep what we see. Yeah, like yeah. I, I have, yeah. speaking of daffodils, I have a poem about a daffodil. Mm. And okay. it, it, it actually... On the day that we went, there was there's a place in Stanford mm. where a woman named Lisa Tannenbaum plays the harp 
while people go and look at her daffodil fields. She has millions of daffodils Mm. planted by someone else, but still she plays the harp while you are looking at daffodils. And artists come and paint. And one of my friends was painting this daffodil. I looked at it, and I fell in love with it. So here goes the lonely Mm. daffodil. In a sea of yellow and white blossoms planted by a caring woman for 40 years until they became a spectacular display, reminding me of groups conversing at an event, perhaps a luncheon with delightful harp music creating a background of elegance. One stood alone, its proud vermilion head of petals standing tall, its central circle of orange popping through a painting on a flower. Why, I asked myself, is this one alone? When they were planted, did this bulb fall? Was it an accident? And yet there it is, blooming alone, surrounded on both sides by crowds of daffodils. The mm. independent daffodil shows me you can thrive alone. You don't mm-hmm. need a massive mm-hmm. amount of people around you, like the mm-hmm. daffodil that is separate. Mm-hmm. Okay. And, and I love crazy. how you brought in the arts in different forms in different ways. You know, we're talking even just talking about the sea and how many of us artists write about the sea, but you brought in a woman, you brought in music, you brought in the flower, the blooming, just, you, you know, your yeah. words, and then the painting. You talked about paint. Just, you just kind of surrounded that poem. You encompassed the whole art spectrum, if you will. Just beautiful. Exactly. Yes. That's, that, and that's, yes. that's how I think. And the, the Crowds of Daffodils is not mine. It's, it's from April Showers by Al Jolson. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but mm-hmm. I uh, thought but, of that, Crowds but, of Daffodils. Uh, you have to have that experience if ever you get up here in 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 um, April. You have to go mm-hmm. there because this place is phenomenal. It's mm-hmm. just amazing. You're standing there with daffodils all around you, and she lets you go oh, into no, all no. the fields and there's there's roads that go by them. It's just amazing. Mm-hmm. But you see, mm-hmm. that's what I mean. Poets think about things in different ways. I'm sure if you had been there, you would have found another thing to talk about, about the daffodils, because mm-hmm. when I, I was there I, last I year, at, yeah. You know, compared to roses, daffodils is like the ugly duckling of, a, of, of the flowers, but the toughness, they're, they're, they're symbolic. They're symbolic because they still have the nature of softness, but the exterior of hardness. The rose have the interior of hardness and exterior of softness. So they they're they're complement one in, in, in one each other. So you know, um, but you can compare yourself to to being that of a daffodil of the of being per, per, persevered through the tough times and to the turbulent winds and the, the rains and the peckings of the birds. So, yeah, a, a daffodil is is mystical in the sense that you can relate it to the spirit of of health, I mean, of, of self. Mm. Well, that's an amazing 
<laughs> and now, and now that we've all given our poems, Renee, do you, do you want to read one of yeah, yours? Yeah, you have some. Yeah, that'll work. Um, let me. I didn't even think I'd come on to read, but let me find. Let me find something really quick. Um, maybe in my yeah. book. I'm in yeah. a minute right now, going through. Oh, I'll do this one. Sitting ducks. And and again, it just kind of just it it, it uh, confirms what Barbara was saying. How people see. I'm talking. I'm, I'm saying sitting ducks, but it's really metaphor for how our children are sitting in these classrooms today. How we're sitting at malls. At, you know, oh, yeah. sitting ducks meaning as in shootings. So sitting yes. ducks by author Renee Drummond Brown. We're sitting ducks okay. as tight as a duck's arse in schools work churches, medical centers, and least we forget those ducking shopping malls. Duck out, milk duck, duck cries, like a duck to water, low-flying ducks, duck and diving, duck down, duck cover, duck plasma. A sitting duck target is who we've become just because we forgot to out-duck all the other ducks in a row. Duck shoes, duck feet, duck soles, odd ducks and strange ducks out of nowhere appear. For we knew anything, social media's notified. Ducks down. God love a duck, America. Amen and amen. Duck butt, duck brains, duck lover. We're easy as duck soup. When lame ducks come along shooting us vicariously while out ducking everyone. Duck face. Out for duck, flying ducks, ain't no happy duck in Arizona. AR-15 ducklings innocently mm. proclaim dead ducks while raven and chickens have become the new duck sang. Ducks test, lucky duck, golden duck, mass shooting minus gun control equals dead ducks who can't quack no more. Duck, duck, goose, because they don't give a flying duck. Dedicated to, if it looks like a duck and walks like a duck, it's the shooter. Mm. Do something. Whoa. Mm. Powerful. And I love the way you use duck in so many ways. (laughs) Yes. Well, and again, going back to your words, on both of your words, you know, I seen metaphorically, you know, I was sitting there thinking about a duck. I'm thinking of our children in school playing. What did we play? Duck, duck, goose. And I just got to thinking all the different ways of ducks and all the different, you know, uh, um, uh, things that we say about ducks. And I just kept seeing we're just everywhere we go, we're ducking. We don't know when it's coming, but we do know it keeps coming and it keeps coming. Schools, playgrounds, shopping malls, churches, um, everywhere we go, we are are ducks. Yeah, yeah, it's ironic because that's that goose is that when somebody tags you, you know, you, you're, you're, you're ducking. You either duck and you become a goose now, and that's just by hand tag. Now, you know, the, the, the meaning, as you said, now is a totally different game now because you have to really duck from bullets. You know what I mean? So, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. This, this, you know, definitely came a long way since we played back when I was in junior high school and elementary school. Oh, yeah, duck, duck, goose, yeah, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. kids love that game because you could run around. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. this is really, it, I think it it get, gets us into the discussion of why 
we have to be sinning ducks and the whole discussion of the awfulness of needing gun control and mm-hmm. and also mental health help i mean, I mean it, you know, it's it, it's just it's, it's like it's we can uh, to be bold and honest that you know you know the man we're, our brain here is only temporary here on earth so you know like any beginning um and you know if the the beginning is tumultuous um from the beginning uh when God gave us free will and you know through the free will um uh, we we you know we had the knowledge of gods um you know and you know man wasn't supposed to have that because without limited abilities and the way we uh, we allow our emotions to get involved and twisted into things, you know, so, I mean, like, you know, we're only here temporary, so how we go out, you know, is important to me. I'd rather, you know, not go out on a, a burst of bombs and gunfire when we're so much greater than, than those bullets, you know what I mean, where we have the power oh, to create. Yes you know, to create greatness instead of taking greatness away. Um, so we're not, the narrative that we are now is definitely not us, you know, not who I know we are has, has, has you know, manifestations of self. Uh, but, you know, as an artist, you know, I'm going to do my, do my best to try to allow people to see, you know, if they just stop for a minute or a second to see the greatness in them is be- is bigger than a bullet. Yeah, it's true. It's true, and 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 the the whole thing though is is that we're hoping you hope that someone will stop this madness because it's just so awful. I mean, I worry no, that the holiday is coming up. And who knows what will happen during this holiday because mm-hmm. it, it seems... Know, I, I hate to yeah. say it, but man, man, can't, man can't stop it, trust me. Um, man is not equipped to stop it. Yes, um, man is... They, no, I believe, no, Levan, I believe man is equipped to stop it with laws. And it's it's really, uh, I mean, laws need to be enacted so that people don't have guns who shouldn't have guns. I mean, nobody should have an AR-15. No. Do you think oh, anybody yeah, yeah, should that, really have yeah. one of those? I don't think or, nobody or, should have guns at all. But if you ask me, no, I don't believe in guns for anyone, but some people say guns are okay if you're going to use them for hunting or, or you know, you, you, you need you protection. I don't a have gun, a gun. A gun is not. A gun is made to, to take away life. So to have a gun, you know, you, eventually you're going to use it. So you may use it for the wrong purpose, you know. Uh, so to have a gun in a possession or a route is just a, to me a defamation of self because you you're going to use it, and and it doesn't. It, 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 what what good comes from having a gun? I don't see it. Um, you know, 
when when you practice love and, and give love, there's no need for weapons. You know what I mean? When you're taking something from someone, the basic um, birthright things given by birthright, their freedom, their choice, their you know their voice. Yeah, people have something to fight for, and if you put a gun in somebody's hands, they're gonna fight with a gun. Little. Yeah, yeah. I I just I think though that if we if we have laws, then they're going to not be able to get guns. That's it. If you if you outlaw guns, then people won't be able to get guns, and the ones that get guns will be criminals, and they will be then, you know, taken before they use them. I, I, I just, mm. you know, that that whole thing of, oh, you know, we can't take guns away from people, but I don't agree. I don't agree, and I think I, that I, I believe you can. it needs to I be laws. I mean, yep. I believe we could, I believe man can do whatever he put his mind to. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, believe. we need to have laws to stop these this awful killings and. And 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 it's awful, and we and we as poets can write about it. I mean, mm-hmm. I wrote about the one in the church in Charleston. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. That oh, killed yeah. me. Well, that yeah. absolutely yeah. killed me. Mm-hmm. Yes. And I sent yes. that to the um, the pastor's wife, mm. and and they and, and they yeah they sent me back a very nice thank you note. Because it it just killed me, it kills me every time, it kills mm-hmm. me mm-hmm. constantly. Mm-hmm. And I've There's written no about uh, uh, yeah. I've also written about like accidental killing. Mm-hmm. A little girl mm-hmm. accidentally killed her father mm-hmm. with a pistol. Oh. Jesus! I read that in the paper, and it's just like, oh, oh my god! My I have to write about that. A gun, a gun is not good. A gun, a gun sitting around. Is going to find a victim. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The father, this amazing, he had gone to take a shower and left his gun. I guess he'd been cleaning mm. it or whatever, and he, he left his gun on mm. the table for the three-year-old girl. <gasps> That's like telling, you know, you, you know, kids is kids. You tell a kid, don't do it, most likely... It's going, he's going to do it. He or she is going to do it. Don't touch this. And, and it they happened. It. it happened. When he came out of the shower, she had picked up the gun. She didn't know what she was doing. But she saw through actions of what they what they, what they did. She knew that if you point the gun at someone, which, you did, which they probably did, and saw that action because it's, it's simple. Kids pick things up. You know, you see a gun, you're going to point it at something to shoot at it. And so, yeah, she just she just perpetrated an action that she saw done either on social media, television, or even through the father, you know, unknowingly or unwillingly. And they just came back to bite him. Unfortunately. Yeah. yeah, there was yeah, a study he, done about that. Guy starting his his name was V. He started with V. Yeah, they they 
They did a study of the, of, yeah. To, to, we, as artists, I'm going to emphasize this again, because, like I said, as artists, that has, has, has people that got gifts of writing, and it is our obligation, literally, sworn duty, um, of the reason why we're here, um, and pledge duty to 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 make it to to allow people to see the ugliness of their actions, so they can see it, whether they like to see it or not, whether they like to look in the mirror. A writing is used as a re- mirror of reflection, so people can make the necessary change to make the world a much better. While we're here to enjoy this world, we're here to enjoy this world because God put us here to enjoy it to the fullness, the beauty, not not take away from life, but to give to life. So mm-hmm. as an artist, we're obligated, and, 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 and that is our sworn duty and pledge to, 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 to write to the betterment and to awaken people that's blind to, to their uh, pride and their ideal, their, you know, illicit ideals. Of or illusions make them see life, the beauty of life, to want to live and want to change, to experience the beauty of life. Because mm-hmm. once it's gone, yep. it's gone. Once it's gone, we can't take. You can't talk about getting it back because it's gone. So we only have today in this moment, and and thank God that we that we're us three is here because God is in the presence. He hear that. So from this day on. Yeah, you know, um, um, we're we're going to touch a lot of people, let's say that. Well, that's that's the thing. I mean, as a poet, you never think, oh, I want to touch people. I I mean, you you start writing for yourself, and then you say, oh, you start reading it to people, and they think, you think, hmm, yeah, they're liking it, and then people tell you, "Oh, I, I was think you made me think of this, and mm-hmm. oh, you made me think of that, and mm-hmm. oh, yeah, this happened to me, and I remember this, and it always brought up because of your poem." Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. And that's what it's all about. And, yeah, and so you realize that your poetry has so much more power than you thought it did. Mm-hmm. You know, yep. and, yep, and your poem whole... about ducks is a very powerful poem, Renee. Thank you. Yeah, and you know, powerful. Barbara, I wrote that. I think I shared this when you interviewed me on your show. Doctor Jim Rubinowitz was a very, very not just more than a doctor, very close friend to my entire family, and uh, he was shot, uh, shot in that Jewish synagogue. Uh, uh, killing that took place oh. here in Pittsburgh, and oh. truly, all the things they wrote about him just, just, I mean, he was one of those doctors. His home number was when you ever you went to the emergency, you took your children, and the doctor wanted to relay it to your family physician. You called him at home any hour. That's the type of doctor he was. That's the type of doctor he was. That's terrible. So you know, it just that to be taken away um, from this world so it was it was it was that 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 made me think of um him 
um, and to pin that peace um, and just all that he gave to the world, to society. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a wonderful, mm-hmm. wonderful person. He he gave me in some of my earlier years before I even began writing really strong when I first went back to um, school, he told me to write your history, write it, make it plain, make it clear. Um, as he said, you know, him being, um, a, you know, a Jewish man, he said that you have to tell the stories of your whole life so that people never, ever forget. And I've always held on to his words. And that's why you see that flair um, about me and my writings with slavery and things. It was some of some of the things he and I discussed. That's, that's a very, those, your poems are just, oh, so incredible. So uh, it's getting really late. It's like we have yes. seven minutes left of this of this show. Very excited, and um, Renee, I'm so happy you came on because um, you bring such joy, Thank and you, you brought joy to this show. Thank and you. so next month, I have my show on the 22nd. Mm-hmm. And I have Oliver Bear, and um, I have someone else. I, I I don't know who, but I met someone at, um, and uh, wow. she was at an open mic, and I really loved her work, and she just had her book published, so she read something from her book. So I just decided to um, think about having her on the show. Um, but I want to leave us with a hopeful poem, and this is the end of my book, if you'll remember, Renee. There mm-hmm. is hope. Mm-hmm. Now is not the time to weep and moan. You have to shoulder the burden, and you should know you are not alone. Sadness should not be your tone as you go through your days uncertain. Now is not the time to weep and moan. Don't let me hear you start to groan. Everyone has it tough in life. It is a given, and you should know you are not alone. You may have sins for which you atone, and you have made your life a prison. Now is not the time to weep and moan. Try to be carefree and still as a stone, for in that stillness will be your heaven, and you should know you are not alone. I will soon be a crone. And I, that I still have words to be written. Now is not the time to weep and moan. And you should know you are not alone. Wow. Okay. I love the rhyme scheme. I love the repetitiveness. And I love the flow. I love the flow. I would love to see the form of that poem, you know, to visualize it. But um, I think you've seen that, it. It's in my book. Oh, it, okay, book. okay. I thought, no, no, no. I would like book. to just away from the book because I read your book. You got to remember, as a whole novel, I would like to just see that poem. That's oh, just, I've got one person on the line. Is this Brian? Actually, uh, Barbara, it's two. Yeah, it is. Um, I, 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 I'd like to introduce my son. Oh, it's Chandler Dane Clark. Hello. Oh, Hello. hi. Hi. Nice to meet you. Yeah, yeah, I'm sorry yeah, I didn't get you on earlier. Right oh, it's okay. We're on the road right now so, in New Mexico on our way to Texas. Oh, okay. So you're on your way. You're in the car. Yes, indeed. Yes, we're going down to visit his fiance. 
My, How uh, nice. What a wonderful trip. My future, <laughs> my future daughter-in-law, who I've been told uh, has no middle name and uh, is adopting my middle and last name when she marries my son. So it's going to be Dane Clark? Him. She's going to have the name of Dane Clark? How yeah, cool is Dane that? Clark. I, I love that. Yeah, I do too. <laughs> do you have a question for our guests of any kind? Well, I I just like to say that Devon, uh, I read your I read your material all the time, and I, I truly appreciate your take on the in the, on the world. Um, mm-hmm. I would like to say, I would like also to say that uh, uh, there's there's not there's, Nothing. I mean, nothing I can, I can say towards mass shootings and, and, and the hysteria that it, that it's created. Um, I will say this: uh, the older I get, the more Rodney, Rodney seems like I become. It's like, can't we all just get along? Mm-hmm. Serious. <laughs> you know, it's very, very. Okay. Close, close to my heart. That uh, mm-hmm. I, I just I take the time of the meekest year and. Uh, I can't wait because I'm tired of people hating each other. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well stated. Yes. Thank you. And and um, have oh, a great you. trip, Brian. Uh, yes. My next thank show you. will be yeah. My next show is going to be in June. It will be June twenty second. And as I said, I'm going to have Anna Oliver Bear and um, someone else. Oh, okay. So. I'm so thankful, LaVon, that you came on and that we got to know each other. What a wonderful experience to meet you and to hear you read your poetry. And just thank you, Renee, for calling in and for joining in with your poetry and your wonderful, you know, just presence. And, Brian, thank you for calling in, too, because... um, such a great um, yeah. thank you Barbara you know, I, would be, I would be remiss if I didn't say hi hi Renee how you doing Brian oh, I'm just stuck I'm just stuck yeah. you, you nailed your statement uh, I really love what you said beautifully beautifully said very nicely said Brian is mm. always such a treat to have on the show and when he he says he's going to have his own book soon so I'm looking forward to that. I'm in line. It'll be on my bucket list. I'm in line for it. And everybody just say bye because it's like we have like 35 seconds to go. Okay. Okay. Bye, everyone. Bye-bye. Okay, bye-bye. Congratulations on all you've done. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye-bye. 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 Bye, LaVon. Thank you so much. It was wonderful. Thank you. We have no minutes left. Okay. Take care. I'm looking forward to seeing your next poem and book. Okay. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thank you.